I started teaching you on faith, and we looked at four miracles that Jesus worked in a day. And the question was, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Tonight, I'm continuing the series on faith, and I want to share with you on how to grow your faith, growing faith. It is very important and it is biblical for us to understand that our faith can grow and we can grow in faith. And because faith is so crucial, faith is the atmosphere in which God works. I explained the other day that faith is believing that God is speaking the truth or telling the truth. So we act on faith. But tonight I want to draw your attention to the fact that there are certain things we can confront according to the measure of our faith. There are some issues that without a grown or matured faith, you will not be able to deal with it nor overcome it. Now we need faith for God himself to operate. Many times Jesus asked some of the people that worked with him and he asked them, where is your faith? He asked some people the other day that your faith is little. And so, and then one day he told another woman, great is your faith. And then let it be according to your faith. So God works according to our faith. And faith is a very powerful ingredient in our work with God. Faith in God is what God needs to work. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 6 that by faith, it is faith. We need faith to actually walk with God. We need faith. He that comes to God must know that he is and is a rewarder of those who diligently serve him. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith in God, it is impossible to please God. So if we walk with God, we need faith. And the faith that brings God to town and for God to work, there are levels of faith. And tonight, I want to share with you on growing your faith to the level that is necessary because there is always a basic level of faith and one need to grow in faith. Amen. Now the Bible tells us in Mark chapter 6 and the verse number 5 that when Jesus went to Nazareth, his hometown, the Bible says the people did not believe in him. The Bible says that in the verse number 4 and 6 of Mark chapter 6 verse 4 to 6, it says, then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his, home, in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. This is because he had come to Nazareth where he was brought up. And as soon as he tried to minister, the people said, and who is this guy? Is that not the carpenter? Is that not the carpenter's son? Is that not Mary's son? And we have his brothers with us here. We are, then they started listing the names. They mentioned James and they mentioned Jude or Judas. They mentioned Simon. And they mentioned the names of his brothers. And then they said his sisters also are here with us. So we know him. And they did not believe in him. And then the Bible said, And because of their lack of faith in him or unbelief in him, he couldn't do any miracles. Church, in this case, it's not like, we are even trying to believe God who we don't see with our eyes. This is God the Son, literally and physically, in Nazareth. And the Bible says that he could not work any miracle there because of their lack of faith. 
because of their lack of faith. And the Bible says, except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And the verse number six is important to my teaching this evening. And he was amazed at their unbelief. May God not be amazed at your unbelief. Jesus could not do anything because the people didn't have faith. I said um, that God is not a magician who performs when the people are not ready. God needs an atmosphere of faith to operate. May your faith not go down. But I want you to understand tonight that faith can grow. And the level of your faith is the level at which victories are won. The Bible says the son of God could not work any miracle and he left the place. But he did something in verse 6. He was amazed at their unbelief. Then Jesus went from the villages around, from village to village, teaching the people. I have realized that there is such a thing as community unbelief. The whole of Nazareth communally did not believe in him. And therefore, corporately, there was no blessing for them. Jesus could not work. Very important. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. We see a literal scripture here. Jesus went to a place physically. He couldn't do anything because of unbelief. And Jesus went about teaching because I found out that teaching is the antidote to unbelief. Amen. We need to teach people. And we don't love people out of their unbelief. We teach them out of their unbelief. And it's very important that we love teaching services in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. And so I'll be teaching you the principles that govern growth of our faith in God. I want us to turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 17 from verse number 3. Luke 17 verse 3 to 6. The Bible says that Jesus taught the disciples a very important lesson here. He started off by teaching about relationship with one another and said that it even takes great faith to relate with people who always don't agree with us. And yet they could be believers. Then he says in the Luke number chapter 17 verse 3, he said, take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. Have you seen it in the Bible? See, these days there's a lot of talk about church head. <laughs> but the people don't talk about congregation head to the priest. It is all because people don't love to be corrected, disciplined, and rebuked. The Bible says, if your brother does the wrong thing, rebuke him. Rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. Have you seen the process? You rebuke, they repent, then you forgive. This is Jesus speaking here. And then, and if he trespass against you seven times in a day, seven times in a day, turn again, and he turns again and says he's sorry, then you shall forgive him. That means if he continues to do it, you rebuke him as many times as he does it until he repents too. Now the Bible says that as Jesus taught this very important thing, very strange message that if your brother returns seven times in a day, re rebuke him and Forgive him seven times in a day. Then he taught them about how to relate with each other. Look at it. So the Lord 
told them to do that. And the verse number five, and the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. They realized that it would take some great faith. <laughs> if we are to relate with the believers who are in heaven, we will say, what glory it shall be up there. But when we are told to relate with all kinds of people on this earth, we keep on saying, what kind of story is that? <laughs> that's a very difficult one to live. But that's what apostles realized, that if this guy is going to offend me continuously, and I'm supposed to forgive him regularly, I need faith. And then they said, increase our faith. And Jesus didn't tell them, there's nothing like increasing faith or growing faith. But then he taught them that it is very important for one more thing. Look at Jesus' answer to them. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Bible says, and Jesus said to them, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree or sycamore tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. Jesus is teaching something serious here. That he says to them that if your faith is like that of a mustard seed. Then you will be able to speak even to a tree. And command it to be uprooted and be relocated. Now, it's very, very important to see that this is not the first time Jesus has talked about faith that is uprooting trees or moving mountains. And tells you how powerful faith is to do the impossible. Because Jesus is not asking them to literally lift the things that you can stand if you have faith like a master seed. I will explain what he meant by faith like a master seed because it's one of the most misrepresented and misunderstood scriptures. Because people have always read that scripture to mean that it's talking about if you have a little faith like a master seed. But that's not the meaning there. The meaning is if you have faith that grows like the master seed. The faith that grows like the master seed. Because little faith can't do much. Throughout Jesus' teaching, he always commended great faith. He hasn't commended little faith. Little faith has its level. Little faith may do something, but great faith is what relocates mountains and uproots trees. Hallelujah. The Bible says that Mark eleven twenty three gives us a similar thing. The Bible talks about when Jesus cursed the tree and the apostles came to him and said, Master, the tree, that you cast yesterday, we have seen it dry from its roots. Then he said, have faith in God. Then he says, if you have faith, you will speak to this mountain and say to it, be removed and go to the sea and it shall be possible. That means that it takes faith to do the impossible. Faith will do the impossible. Jesus did things by such faith. And then we've seen him also teach the same thing in Matthew 17, which I will get there very shortly. But we see here that sometimes because we can't, we don't want to exercise this level of faith. We try to spiritualize this master seed issue. But I want you to understand the real clear translation of that word there is if you had faith 
that grows as a grain of mustard seed. In fact, the Weymouth translation makes it so clear. If you had faith that grows like a mustard seed. Hallelujah. Amen. So God wants his word to work, but it will take our faith. So the faith must grow like the mustard seed. In Luke 17, 6, which we just saw, if you have faith that grows like the mustard seed. And I want you to understand what I'm teaching from the same Jesus who taught us about the mustard seed. Whenever he's teaching, he may say something in one verse or chapter. He goes on to actually touch the same thing and then elaborates on it. So I want you to come with me to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. And the verse number 31 to 32. We see him teaching about the master seed in connection to the kingdom. And you will understand the context in which I'm presenting it to you tonight. In Matthew 13, 31 to 32, the Bible says, Another parable Jesus put forth to them and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds, but when it is grown, amen, the mustard seed may start off as little, but it must grow. So God is not asking us to have mustard seed faith alone. The mustard seed faith must grow. The faith must grow. It says, which indeed is the least of all the seeds, but when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a mighty tree so that the birds of the air Come and nest in its branches. The faith that we receive as a master seed faith must grow. The master seed doesn't remain a master seed. It grows. Hallelujah. So when he says that when if you have faith like the way a master seed grows, then you'll be able to say to this mountain, be moved. Say to the impossible thing and it shall be so. Ladies and gentlemen, Faith is not only action faith, but it is speaking faith too. Many times he says, speak to this situation. And we see Jesus' ministry. You see, he spoke to situations. He spoke to the dead and he came back alive. And when he spoke to the tree and the tree could not bear fruit. And in 12 hours, that whole fruit, that tree has withered. He told the disciples, this act was an act of faith. As soon as they said to him, master, see this. In the Mark 11 account, 23, 22, 22, 24. They said, Master, look at the tree you cursed. He said, have faith in God. And then he drew the attention again that if you have this kind of faith, you will say to this situation and it will move. God is calling us to also speak to things by faith and they will move. But your faith must grow. Amen. Like that of a master seed in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So the Bible says when this faith is grown, it is the greatest. It becomes a tree. When the master seed is grown, it starts small. It is small, but Jesus said when it grows, it becomes great. So when we understand that it is not little faith, but growing faith that does big things, we will begin to grow our faith 
in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Because the Bible tells us one of the things you must understand also biblically on the fact that faith grows is that the Bible teaches us that our faith must move from faith to faith. Romans 1.17. It says from faith to faith. From one level of faith to another level of faith. So your faith today must grow to the next level of faith. When the level is at the seed level of faith, it will only deal with seed matters. When you have seed level faith, you can't deal with, with trees problems. <laughs> Amen. When you have got seed problems, you can't deal with, with, with that with a small faith. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to say that when your faith is a seed level of faith, it cannot deal with three level problems. Amen. Amen. So there are levels. That's why the apostles, they had some faith. By the way, they saw a guy, they couldn't cast the demon out. Jesus said, you didn't have faith. We will look at that also. But I'm drawing your attention to something that big faith will do bigger things. Great faith will do great things in Jesus' name. And that is Jesus' ideal for us. Amen. And so when we look at the scriptures, as I mentioned, from faith to faith, we will also see that the scripture also mentions from glory to glory. From glory to glory and from faith to faith. So in Matthew chapter 17, I want us to, but before we go there, let's, let's look at 1 Corinthians 13 too. It takes bigger faith to do bigger things. Bigger faith to do bigger things. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 2, Paul wrote and said that though I have the gift of prophecy and I understand all mysteries, 1 Corinthians 13 verse 2, I have the gift of prophecy and I understand all mysteries and though I have all faith, have you seen it there? Matured faith, the root word translated all faith is matured faith, not seed, not master seed faith, but seed that has grown. Amen. Faith that has grown. The faith that started like a master seed, it has now grown. So Paul said, and though I have all faith so that I can move mountains. So you see, when Jesus was talking about the faith that moves mountains, he's not talking about master seed little faith. He's talking about the master seed that grows. The faith is like the master seed and the master seed he taught us, the master seed grows. And Paul is now saying the faith that removes all mountains is the all faith. And that all faith is so crucial. All faith, that means that matured, fully grown, fully matured, fully formed faith. All faith. That is what moves mountain. May your faith be all faith. May your faith be a matured faith. A growth faith in Jesus' name. So it took all or total or fully grown faith to move mountains. So you don't move mountains with seed faith. Amen. You move mountains with all faith. And it takes fully developed faith to relocate a mountain. May God empower you tonight. That by the word of God, your faith will grow. That you will relocate some mountains. Amen. Some mountains in the ministry. Some mountains in your life. Some mountains in the city. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Paul recognized it. And Jesus also taught it. 
Now, please, let's progress further. In Matthew chapter 17, we read that Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John. And during all this time, whilst he was on the Mount with Peter, James, and John, he left the nine apostles at the base of the mountain. They have gone up, Jesus and the three apostles have gone up to the mountain, and he left the nine of the apostles down in the ground at the base of the mountain below. And then a certain man who had a son who was a lunatic, this caused the boy to fall and foam in his mouth and suffer a lot of afflictions. These nine apostles, they tried all they could. I'm sharing with you from Matthew chapter 17. These apostles did all that they could to cast the demon out. The Bible says that they failed to do so. So when Jesus finally came down from the mountain, the man came to him and said to him in the verse number 16, he said, I brought my son to your disciples and they could not cure him. They could not de deliver him. But these apostles, they had cast some demons out before. In Mark chapter 9, they were sent. They went, they cast demons out. Mark chapter 6, they went. They, in Mark chapter 6, they cast some demons out when Jesus sent them. And they anointed many with oil. And so when they faced this situation, this is not their first time. But this time, they tried everything. For the number of hours that Jesus was away, they couldn't deal with this problem. And then the Bible said that when he told Jesus that, Jesus therefore rebuked the demon in the boy, verse 18 and 19, and he, the demon departed from the boy. And the child was cured that very minute. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately. And said to him, why could we not cast this demon out? Matthew 17, 18 and 19. In effect, the disciples came to Jesus and confessed their, their failure. They would have said, we, we did everything you taught us. We did every charismatic and Pentecostal thing we can do. We shook the devil. We hit him. We clapped around him. We danced. We commanded, come out in Jesus' name. He didn't come. We did everything. But we're wondering why this time we couldn't do it. Then the Bible says, Jesus answered them in the verse number 20, which is very crucial to the progress we are making in this teaching tonight. The Bible says, and Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. Now again, we have read this scripture many times. And a lot of people have given it the wrong interpretation again. And thinking that the apostles did not have faith. Now if they didn't have faith, they would not even command in the name of Jesus. So there was faith there. Again, I'm teaching you what the original language of the scriptures meant. But if you read that scripture clearly in the original word. And the root word there. You see the word unbelief is the word little faith. Little faith. So it was the seed type of faith that was there. Later I will explain to you. Then what happened to them in Mark chapter 6. That they went and cast demons out. Because they received the anointing of special faith. That Jesus imparted to them when they left his presence. And we will see the difference between. When we receive that kind of imparted Holy Ghost special faith 
and the seed faith that God gives to every believer that you are supposed to mature and grow in that one. Because the one that comes by inspiration, he comes for the hour to do things and it withdraws. Your original one that stays with you must grow. Now the Bible says that these disciples, he said because of your unbelief, not that they didn't believe in God at all. It is not that they were unbelievers. See, because the word unbelief in the original text, as I explained earlier on, means little faith or undeveloped faith. Little faith or undeveloped faith. I will share with you that when everybody becomes born again, God gives us a measure of the seed of faith. That's why everybody who is born again has some faith. It is your beginning point. You must now grow that faith. Amen. So Jesus said to them, you have little faith. So he wasn't talking about unbelief, which is a negative force. These disciples would not have tried to cast out the demons if they had no belief at all. And so the problem there was little faith. They didn't have enough to do their job. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. They had a seed faith for a three-size problem. They had a seed faith for a three-size problem. That was a problem. So Jesus went on further to teach them something. And he says to them that even though their faith was undeveloped, if they will allow it to grow as a grain of mustard seed, they could eventually say to this problem, to this mountain, remove from here and it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible to you. Look at Jesus in the verse number 20. Look at the verse 20. 18, they couldn't do it. 19, they came to ask why. He told them, because of your little faith. Then he goes on in the verse 20 to actually teach them for I say to you, if you have faith that grows like a mustard seed, amen, amen, then you could eventually say to this mountain, this complex situation, this problem, you will be able to say to it. Church, we must get to a point where our faith is a declared faith, a pronounced faith. We speak things and they are as the oracle of God. And it is so because God began by speaking. He said, let there be and it was. Most of Jesus' action was, he spoke by faith. Because he said, you shall say to this, when the faith is built up, you speak and heaven will endorse it. That's where God is calling us to, as a believer in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. So he says, when that faith is grown, then you can say to this mountain, be moved and it shall move in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. So we can see that, in other words, nothing shall be impossible to you if you have a developed faith. Faith that has grown and it continues to grow like a mustard seed. It grows. It doesn't remain mustard seed. It grows. So if growing faith is a scriptural context. As I said to you earlier on, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 tells us that we move from glory to glory. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18. From glory to glory. That means that there are levels of glory. May you experience levels of glory. Amen. Sometimes we see one glory. You see the presence of God. Then you see another move. You see another move of God. And realize that this is, this is at another level. So there are levels of the glory. And there are levels of faith. Amen. And then Romans 1.17 tells us that 
from faith to faith. We grow from faith to faith. In Jesus' name. He says, for in it the righteousness of God. You know, verse 16, he has said that I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. And then he moves in the verse 17 to say, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from one level of faith to another level of faith. Amen. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. The righteous is the just. They shall live by faith. The scriptures say you shall live by faith. May you be a child of faith. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And it's the 2 Corinthians 3.18. I've quoted it, but some of you, you are looking at me some way, so let's read it. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding us in the mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. So we can see that faith, therefore, grows in a series of steps from glory to glory, from faith to faith. Your yesterday's faith must grow to another level. And I want you to understand, as I mentioned earlier on, that this faith, for it to grow, we need to understand that God first, originally, gives everyone who gets born again a measure of faith. Everybody who is born again has some faith as seed in you. It's the master seed faith that is originally given to everyone who gets born again. Oh, Bishop, where did you find this? Please come with me to Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Romans 12, 3. Romans chapter 12 and the verse number 3. For I say, through the grace given to me, it says, God hath dealt to every man the measure or seed of faith. God has given to everyone, everyone who has believed in him, God has given to everyone. So God gives faith. God gives the original faith. He imparts it into our spirit when we become born again. The faith in you, God needs it to work. But if he stays at that level, you only achieve things that you, they are very insignificant. Little things. But if you want to move mountains and relocate trees, then you need a faith that is growing. So this faith that God places in us all, as we can see from the scriptures in Romans 12, 3, that God has given to every man the measure. The word measure is the word seed of faith. So faith starts with God giving to every one of us a measure of what I call seed faith. Seed faith. And that word measure from the Greek word is the word metron. M-E-T-R-O-N. Metron. That means a limited portion. God has given to every believer a limited portion of faith. Which is a limited seed of faith. And this seed is God's gift to every believer. God's gift to every believer. God has dealt with everyone a measure, a metron, 
a seed of faith. In Jesus' name. And a further support of this scripture can be found in Ephesians chapter 2 and the verse number 8 to 9. It says, For by grace we are saved through faith. See, as soon as the word of God is preached, there's a certain level and measure that is imparted by the work of the Holy Spirit that makes us believe in God and that leaves a deposit of this faith in God. There's no believer who will say, I don't have faith. They have a little bit that has been put there. And the reason why they see challenges and run away is because they didn't realize that that one which God gave, we're supposed to nurture it and grow it. Then we can deal with issues in Jesus' name. So Ephesians 2, 8 to 9 says, For by grace you are saved through faith, and that it is not of yourselves, it, the faith, is the gift of God. When it says it is the gift of God, that it means the gift. The faith is the gift of God. That faith is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. So if you are born again, that seed, that measure, that metron, a gift has been given to you. Now what do we do with this? That's what Jesus had problems with the people. There's it says, something already in you, but you need to grow it. Because when you see mounting problems and three top problems, you can't deal with them with seed faith. Amen. And as I said earlier on, there are two kinds of faith that comes to us as believers. And we need to distinguish them so that I can take you to the next level of my teaching tonight. As I said earlier on, one is that gift or metron of faith that God gives to us. And when that has come already, we need these two levels that we need to understand. These two levels of faith. I told you the foundation has been laid. That main one has come. But there is the gift of faith. That gift of faith is not the seed one. This one is the Holy Spirit's gift of special faith. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 9, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we see the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the ninefold gifts of the Holy Spirit. We see the gift of word of wisdom, word of knowledge, descending of spirits, prophecy. Then faith, that is a special faith. Is that kind of special impartation, that special sovereign faith that the Holy Ghost inspires at the spur of the moment to deal with some complex issue, to speak by faith, to raise the dead, to command some cripples to live, any challenge, something terrible going on and you just speak that kind of faith and you deal with the situation, you just raise the dead. But the next time you try to raise the dead, you realize that it's not there. <laughs> That's what sometimes you hear believers talk about their great exploits and testimonies in God. Something they did yesterday, 10 years ago, but it's not regularly functioning because that special grace came on you for that assignment. And after that, it lifts because that one is imparted by the Holy Ghost as and when he pleases. But your original faith given to you must be growing. And that's why it makes it look like the disciples struggled here because in the Mark chapter 6, they stood before Jesus. He prayed for them, laid hands on them, and the Bible says he gave unto them power to go and cast demons out and do all those things. So that sort of power, that charisma was imparted. That was the sovereign gift 
They went about and they did all these things. And that's why the next time they faced a situation like that, their faith had not grown yet to steal that level. And so when they tried to cast the demon out, there was an issue. And most of the time, that's what happens to us. We don't distinguish between that inspired Holy Ghost gift of faith that is not always there, that is inspired for an occasion, but the, feet, the seed of the metron in you must grow. Amen. Amen. Then the second type of faith is the developed faith. The developed faith. So remember the gift of faith, which is the one imparted by the Holy Ghost in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. That is the sovereign impartation of spiritual gift of faith to you. Then there is the developed faith. That developed faith is the one that we are talking about. The master seed one we receive as a metron and now we grow it. The developed faith. That's what God needs to work with more. Amen. God needs that one to work more with that. And I want us to look at it carefully in Romans. So that is the developed faith that you need. You start out with maybe 2% of that faith. That's the measure God gave you. And if you grow it all the way to 75%, that is where it will be. You only deal with issues that are 75th percent level. That's it. Unless you come under that inspiration to deal with a matter. But your normal growth, if your faith has not progressively grown and you have only known a sudden gift or impartation of faith in some singular occasion, then your faith development might only still be at the 5%, but you have just been operating under the Holy Ghost special gift of special faith. For the crusade and all that. And after that, your faith is still at the 5% level. Just like the apostles. That's why Jesus said, your faith is still little. The one you receive originally, you have not grown in it. You are just walking around me and seeing the things I do. I'm going to leave a big work into your hands. It's time for that faith to grow. In Jesus' name. So sovereign faith or the one that the spiritual gift one can come to you in a given situation. And a great miracle can just occur. But when the situation has passed... And you needed that gift of faith. You see that you will not be able to work with it because it may not be residing there any longer. But develop faith is something that you stay with you and it will work for you in any situation that you find yourself in. Develop faith. Grown faith. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. As long as the problem does not exceed your faith level, you will be able to deal with it. This is the reality. This is the reality. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, how do we grow our faith? I've laid the foundation on these types of faith. But how do we grow the faith? We need to look at the atmosphere to grow, the process, the conditions necessary for growth. And remember master seed. Remember the metron. Remember all these are like seed of faith that has been put there. We need to grow them. And to this... I want you to see the potential of a seed. When you look at a seed, a seed has great potential. The only reason why it may not be showing all its potential is the ground in which it is buried. Or the ground and the atmosphere in which it works. If you read the story or you watch the documentary, which I watched some years ago, on um, this famous 
Pharaoh, an Egyptian king, um, who died in 1357 BC. This is now close to about 4,000 years ago. His name is King Tutankhamun. He was buried in a very elaborate tomb. Very wonderful settings. And after 3,000 years when his tomb was discovered, it was discovered completely intact in 1922 by an English archaeologist. The man had this king had been buried for about 3,279 years at the time in 1922. 3,279 years he'd been buried. But the way they mummified the thing, the whole, you know, tomb itself, the pyramid has been well kept. And it was discovered after 3,279 years intact. As it was. Nothing has happened to it. The body is the same. Well kept. And then something very interesting was discovered. It also had in it. Wheat. Corn. And oil. <laughs> honey. Sorry. Honey. Honey. Wheat and corn. Was found. Also buried with him. Probably they thought he can take it along with him and had servants cooking for him. <laughs> now, the archaeologist, the researcher decided to do something. He requested that the, the wheat and the corn be planted in the fertile ground along the Nile River. Because there it will receive the proper moisture and nourishment to see whether this seed which is 3,279 years old by then, would grow or what will happen to They want to, this is very, you know, you have to be curious to see this seed is this number of years old. Would it work? So they planted it. And interestingly, within the normal maturation period, they saw it blossom. It grew. The seed matured. The seed blossomed. Every seed has potential for growth in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So though it was lying, it has laid dormant for over 3,000 years. That seed has the potential to produce and to reproduce a notable harvest. All it needed all this while was the right environment, the right climate, the right temperatures, the right essentials. So, in a nutshell, based on this lesson, I want to share with you three essentials necessary for growing faith. Growing your faith in the name of Jesus Christ. Because I've seen that the lessons we learn in the physical also has spiritual lessons. Many times Jesus had taught spiritual lessons by using physical lessons. So, the natural law of growth also teaches us spiritual things and spiritual levels of growth. In Jesus' name. If we don't create the right environment for the growth of our faith, it will lay or lie dormant and it will feel like you don't have faith. It will feel like people are thirsty and they are hungry and yet this has been buried for 3,000 years. Just relocate it. Create the right environment and you will see power. You will see life. 
you will see that which gives bread to the starving. Because this seed, one seed that had been lying there for a long time, is planted and now it has sprouted, yielded many other corn, and is growing and growing, and you can have a whole forest of that. May your faith bless many people as it grows in the name of Jesus. And you see, just like in this natural, for you to grow anything just like I just described, you will need three elements. You will need a fertile soil to give nourishment to the seed. You will need water and you will need sunshine. Hallelujah. You will need a fertile soil, which is the source of the nourishment. You will need water and then you will need sunshine. For any seed to grow, they need this environment. When it's being buried, it doesn't see water, it doesn't see sunshine, and it doesn't have a very good soil. So the seed was lying dormant for a very long time. A lot of you are carrying the seed of God's faith, but you are in the wrong environment. Or you are not creating the right environment to see the potential of your faith and what your faith can do. I tell you, the faith in you can move some mountains. It can heal some sick. It can raise the dead. It can move some powerful things. It can grow a church in places where nobody is expecting a church to grow. It can make you preach God's word and you yourself don't know that you have that power. Because that faith must move from faith to faith and glory to glory. You must take authority over the powers of darkness afflicting and controlling your family. And you shall by faith announce to them not anymore from tonight. When that faith has grown. In Jesus name. So we need the seed of faith. In order to grow. It must be nurtured in the soil of the word of God. Hallelujah. The soil of the word of God. It needs that soil of the word of God. It needs the water of obedience to the word of God. And it must be bathed in the sunshine of the love of God. That is what makes the faith to grow. And I'm going to give you some details shortly in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. But I want us to look at number one, the soil. The soil of hearing God's word. The soil of hearing God's word. The soil of hearing God's word. That's what you need to nurture the seed. Remember, everyone has been given the seed. The metron of faith. Now we need to grow it. Jesus said, your faith is little. If you have that faith, like a master seed, that grows. So tonight... The soil of hearing God's word. And when we speak of God's word, we are not only talking about the literal Bible. In terms of reading the Bible. But we are referring also to the rima of the hearing in your ears of the word of God. Either through a preacher, an anointed preacher. Or directly hearing God's voice himself by the Holy Spirit. So all these three means by which God speaks to us. So in the Old Testament prophetic books. We will see always we see the frequent expression of and the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the prophet. 
and the word of the Lord came unto Ezekiel the prophet, and the word of the Lord came unto Hosea the prophet. But realize that they didn't have a Bible at that time. The Bible has not been completed. At the days of Hosea, the only Bible we would say was available would have been the first five books of Moses. The rest were still being com compiled. Most of them live around the same time. Some of them were contemporaries. So it's not like Isaiah finished completely and then there comes Jeremiah. Sometimes they were, one is in the north, one is in the south. So all this was going, so most of them in the OT, they heard directly from God. Hallelujah. In the Old Testament, they heard directly from God. When I say OT, I'm referring to Old Testament. When I say NT, I'm referring to New Testament. Glory be to Jesus. So this means that God's word of voice was communicated from heaven to a man who was on earth. And that's exactly what Romans chapter 10 verse 17 was implying when he says faith, faith, faith. You see when he says hearing God's word, it is the ground. It is the platform for faith to grow. He says faith comes, means faith matures. Faith grows from the ground where it was originally put as a seed. That faith grows by the word of God. It comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Tonight I will explain the second hearing for you. Why did the scripture write, faith comes by hearing and hearing? Which hearing is the second one? Faith comes by hearing. The first one, hearing, is that one that comes in by we reading the word. And as you read the word, the Holy Spirit is able to energize a word, a scripture that feels like it's burning in your heart. That feels like he's talking to you. That's God talking. Or God used an anointed man of God to speak the word of God. That is still faith coming through that. Or God speaking into your hearing himself by the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Either through visions, audible voices, open or closed visions. These are all the means by which God speaks. This is the first part of the hearing. The second part of hearing the word is actually the obedience part. Amen. Because you know sometimes you can hear and not obey. That's why the, your faith itself is not complete until the second hearing. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. So the first part all includes the rima and everything. But we can get rima and not act. You know, this, you, you, can, you can say that. I mean, I'm a father. I sometimes I've, I've, I've experienced it a couple of times and you have to find ways of dealing with it until it is resolved. But you realize that, you know, a father can give an instruction and say, say to his son, who may be downstairs, and say, well, there's a little, you know, rubbish or garbage in the kitchen. Make sure you take it with you and put it outside in the bin. Did you hear what I said? Yes, dad. You hear that. Some few minutes later, you hear the door. And the person is gone out either to go and play or visit friends. And you descend later on to the kitchen. And the thing that you said must be moved is still there. So you see the difference. Audibly, he heard me. But hearing to obey was not there. Are you here? 
Do I have some parents and some children who have experienced this before? Oh, my people in this house, have you done this to your parents before? Glory be to Jesus. So we have levels of hearing. Amen. So faith comes. We speak the word we hear, but the second part is what completes the faith that comes. When we begin to act on what we said. Because we can hear it, but do we act it? When the first hearing matches the second acting, then we have heard. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. And so you see that when Romans tells us that, Ezekiel, for example, heard the word of the Lord. In Ezekiel 33, 7, God says, O son of man, I have set you as a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, you shall hear the word. You shall hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. You see the first hearing. The first hearing. You see, God didn't give Ezekiel a verse of scripture. He spoke literally to him. <laughs> he imparted a revelation, a word into his spirit. And that is what he was to declare to the people. So this hearing of the word. If we look at the Ephesians 1.17. It tells us Paul prayed and said that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. The father of glory will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. So we are not just literally audibly hearing, but you have a revelation of the word. Because the revelation of the word moves us to act on the word. Then faith begins to grow. Faith begins to grow when we have a revelation of the word. Not just we are literally reading, reading Matthew chapter 5. If you read Matthew chapter 5, the Beatitudes... And for all these years, there's nothing beatitudinal about you. You will see. Because the beatitudes means beatitude. The attitude that you must be. Are you getting some revelation tonight? <laughs> Blessed are those that are merciful. They shall receive mercy. Be that attitude. Are you enjoying the atmosphere? Glory be to Jesus. Be attitude. Now it says that so God speaks to us through that. And he says that the revelation in the knowledge of him. So that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. So that you will know the hope of his calling. You will know the height and the depth of the revelation of his calling. Of the scriptures. Amen. So God's word is communicated to us through this means. He may do it through the scriptures. By making some scriptures come alive to us, as I said earlier on. Or he will speak in an audible voice to us. As I said earlier on, we will see that this same God from the Ephesians 1.17 that I'm reading from. The Bible says that he will enlighten you so that you will know what is the hope of the calling. It is when that enlightenment is there. That you begin to act on it. And that's how faith begins to work. In the name of Jesus Christ. Because each time you hear and act. You take another step in faith. Hallelujah. The moment you disobey God's word. Then your growth in faith stops. At that level. It stops there. It stops there. You see. When we talk about hearing the word. I want you to see when it says. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing 
the word. God spoke through the written word, which is the raw word, the Bible we all read. Then we have the spoken word, that is the living word. So when Paul talks about faith comes by hearing, he's not only talking about the literal graphy of the logos, but he's also talking about the rima and the obedient aspect of it. And look at Acts chapter 17, verse 11, to support the two levels that I'm explaining to you when it comes to the word. When it comes to the word. Hearing the word. Which word are you hearing? You need to move and marry the two hearings. In Acts chapter 17, verse 11, the Bible says that these people in Thessalonica, the believers in Thessalonica, they were more noble than those. Sorry, the believers in Berea, they were more noble than those in Thessalonica. The believers in Berea were more noble than those in Thessalonica. Why? Because they said the scriptures and the Bible says in that they received the word. They received what? The word. With all readiness of mind. And they searched the scriptures. You see, they received the word from the preacher, from the anointed apostle. They received the word. Then they went to search the scriptures. So the scriptures and the word may not be the same thing. One is the literal raw scripture we are reading. There's another that comes by revelation through the preacher. And it's still God's word. That's why we can't go to church and just take the service for granted. Every word coming indeed is the word of God. Amen. If the preacher is anointed of God, it comes as the word. Hallelujah. So they said the scriptures. So the scriptures refer to the Old Testament books from Genesis to Malachi. They didn't have the New Testament by then. So the word and the scriptures in this context are not the same thing. The word was the anointed message brought by the apostles. But the scripture was the Old Testament that they had at home or carried with them to church. Amen. They searched those scriptures. In fact, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 13 gives us a further example. Tonight, it's, it's a teaching service. You are, being, you are being fed with the word in Jesus' name. We see further example of the spoken word of God. As distinct from the written word of God. In fact, the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, 1 Thessalonians 2 13, it says that when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, Paul was writing here. He's telling the church in Thessalonica, when you receive the word of God which you heard from us, you received it not as the word of men. But as it is in truth, it is the word of God. Amen. So the word of an anointed apostle or preacher is the word of God. So here we see the word of God refers to that which was preached and proclaimed. And then we are told that it is actually the word of God. In Jesus name. That's why when Peter met the the, the cripple at the beautiful gate. He said, look at us. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And it worked. When Paul met a, a, a man like that to heal him again, the Bible says, when a man looked at Paul and he had faith, he had faith through the word and immediately stood up. 
So to the lame man that Peter healed, what he heard from the apostle was the word of God. He acted on the word and suddenly there was a miracle. Amen. So God speaks to us today. He speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. He speaks to us through his anointed servants. And through such supernatural means as dreams, visions, inward assurances, divine providence and circumstances, God speaks to us. Hallelujah. And it's very important that we pay attention to his word. In Jesus' name, the word. The word will only act. The word will work when we understand that we need to expose ourselves to the word of God. Hear the word. Hear the word of your pastor. Play it over and over in the home. Play it in the environment where you are in your cars. Read the word. Trust God in prayer and hear God speak to you. The second thing, the second atmosphere we need to create to grow. So we, the word of God becomes a moisture. The right environment, the loamy soil for the growth of the seed metron of faith that we have. Lady, are you here? That's right. Okay. Now, the next thing is the water of obedience. The water of obedience. The water of obedience. I told you a seed will grow in the soil and in this water. The water of obedience. I've explained to you what it means to hear. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word. And I said hearing in this instance does not signify only audio perception, but doing what you have heard. Doing what you have heard. And that's why I gave you the example of the father and the son. Or in this case, the father and the daughter. Maybe Angela. She left the, the rubbish in the kitchen. So when we read that, you see, if you compare James chapter 1 verse 22, it says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. See, not the first part of hearing, but in terms of obedience, we are talking about the second part of hearing of the Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing first the word and then hearing it again. In other words, having acted on the word, that shows you have heard it. And that is be doers of the word you heard. When you become a doer of the word you heard, it means you have heard it. It means you have heard it. So in the literal Greek, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing or obeying or acting upon the word of God. When we begin to act upon the word of God, it sparks another level of faith in us. That's why many times you realize that Jesus will heal someone and says to the person, go Go and show yourself to the priest. See, as they acted on his word, they got healed on the way. Because the faith came into action and the power of God moved. The power of God moves in an atmosphere of faith. The Bible says he touched a blind man and told him, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. And the man just left. You know, sometimes Paul had lifted somebody up and immediately the ankle bones really got healed. Sometimes we have prayed for people in our days, we've seen crusades of men of God who are evangelists etc and we see them asking people to do what they couldn't do before and by obeying that word suddenly there is a breakthrough and that hearing that obeying is key when they 
God speaks, there is always an imperative command for us to obey. And when we don't obey, then we hinder the growth of the faith in us. You need not only be a reader of the word, an audible hearer of the word, but you must now be an actor of the word in Jesus' name. And that is when you would have acted. So in the case of the boy who went out and didn't do what the father said, even though he heard, we can't say he heard. Audibly he heard, but in action he didn't obey. And the fact that he didn't obey means that in reality he didn't hear. Because disobedience hinders growth. When God speaks, we need to obey. And most of us, this afternoon as I was meditating on this, the Lord was telling me about disobedience. There are many things sometimes God inspires you to pray about and you don't. There are times God wants you alone for one hour in a day. We don't. We get busy with other things and we explain it all right. But in the realm of the spirit, we are walking in disobedience so that faith is not being released. Sometimes God may ask you, every day, take it one step further. Pray at 12 midday, every day. Maybe somebody is listening to me. After I made us pray for, through the four gates, some of you, the Lord has been leading you to pray at 12, midday, 12 in the day when we stop, but you are still not doing it. See, so you can't see certain acts of God, certain movements of God. The movements of God are directly related to obedience to the rima he gives. How many times have we not behaved like this boy and the father story I gave you? We heard, but we justify it. I'll be back. I'll do it later on in my time. When it comes to God and the movement of the power of God, some of you, the anointing you need to walk in now. You are delaying it because you are not ready to pay the price. We are occupied with so many things. We are distracted and sidetracked by so many things. And so we make the power of God of no effect. And it's not because God does not exist, but it's because we are in disobedience. Tonight, may you repent in Jesus' name and act on the word of God. When God is calling you to the place of prayer, we are providing a lot of excuses. God is asking you to develop an exercise and put yourself in some place to develop a team, to do something. And you keep on postponing and postponing and postponing. You are missing out on the blessings of God because you are not walking by faith. May God help us in the name of Jesus. Your faith cannot grow beyond your obedience. In Jesus' name. Your faith, it cannot grow beyond your obedience. Your faith can't grow. Ezekiel said, and I prophesied as I was commanded. You see, he did. It didn't make sense to him, but he did. And then he saw movement. Bones came together. Bones scattered in a valley for thousands of years started coming together. The impossible became possible because his faith grew. He created the atmosphere. He didn't only hear God say, go to the valley and speak, but he acted on it. Many of us have got a lot of stories to tell about what God said and what God said last year. And I heard God and God said, but what did you do about what you heard? Babu. <laughs> Nothing. 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 And anytime we do that, God always comes back to us like in the Revelations account and say, go back to your first love. Go back to it. Go and get it done. You see, you won't move to the next level until you sort where you started off. So tonight, wherever you are, start from where you are. 
In Jesus' name. That's how you grow your faith. Wherever you left it, wherever you left that obedience, go back and pick it. In Jesus' name. Some of you need to go back to the prayer chamber he has been calling you to. Some of you need to go back to reading the word. Lock yourself in the room. Throw all the cell phones away and read the word. Read the word until power begins to build inside you. Amen. Some of you, that, that is how God is going to use you. That's how he's going to answer. There are some things I keep hearing. God calling us to a place of prayer. Praying at some times that you feel that's my time to really enjoy. To relax. Watch some movies. Create some movie atmosphere. But movie atmosphere. That is not led by God. Will lead you finally to poverty. And satanic control. In Jesus name. Finally. The son. The son. The sun is what you need. Every plant, every seed to germinate, we need the sun. The sun plays so many roles. And that sun is loving God. Amen. Amen. The third basic essential for the growth of faith is love. The love of God. Agape. In Jesus' name. In Galatians chapter 5 verse 6, it says the Apostle Paul says, For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which works by love. My God. Faith which works by love. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision Produces anything but faith which works by love. Faith which works by love. Faith works by this love. By the agape love. The Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing. Hearing the word. The Bible is now teaching us that faith works by God's kind of love. The scripture tells us that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. Romans 5.5. 5. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. There is always a connection between love and obedience. And love can only be seen when obedience is at work. The test of love is obedience. God tested the love that we should have for him in the garden by giving us every room and said, not that tree. And by breaking that rule, we fell. 
And Jesus himself defined it in a beautiful way in John chapter 14, verse 21. It says that he that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. So you will see that obedience is the test of love and the proof of love. And then he goes on to say in the verse 23 and 24, He that loves me shall be loved by my father. And I will love him and I will manifest myself to him. See, the manifestation of the presence of God is to those that love the Lord, that have the love of God. You do things because the love of God moves you. You care for the people because the love of God moves you. The love of God moves you to intercede for the sinner. To be saved. The love of God moves you to go on evangelism. And obey the word of the Lord. It is the love of God that moves us into obedience. Without the love of God. We can't obey the word. When we can't obey the word. We don't have to. We can't hear the word. We can't hear the rima. And when we can't hear the rima. Then no faith is at place. For us to see faith. We must have all these three in place. We must have the word. We must have the obedience. And we must have love for God. Paul one day prayed and said, May the Lord direct your heart into the love of God. The Lord direct your heart into the love of God. You see, the love of God, the Bible says, For God commended his love towards us. In that whilst we were sinners, Christ died for us. What moves you to pray? What is your motivation for wanting to see the power of God? If it is not motivated by love, which is the love of God, the kind of love God has for humanity, you will not see the power of God. If your motivation for wanting to see the miraculous is to show yourself as somebody powerful, you will not see the power of God. Jesus said, when you love me, I will come with you. My father will also come and we will manifest ourselves to you. And he concludes by saying, if a man loved me, he will keep my words. He that loves me not does not keep my words. So your love for God is seen in your obedience to his word. Tonight, our faith can grow when we can create this environment for the faith in the name of the Lord Jesus. That metron in us, it will begin to show itself. The power of God, the manifestations of faith that brings God around. May we show the love of God. Years ago, God told me and taught me how to pray for people and how to intercede for them. So many years ago, whilst I was praying at the University of Ghana Botanical Gardens, every Saturday I go to pray. And as I was praying one day, he said, when I ask you to lay hands on people, when you lay your hands on them, put yourself in their shoes. Empathize with them. Pray for them as if you are going through what they are going through and you will see my power. See, the reason why you could do that is because you have love, the love of God that is shed abroad in your heart. You have that love towards the people. Hallelujah. Romans 5, 5 says, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who he has given to us. It is that which makes you to love the flock. To stand in intercession for them for hours. And you are not praying for yourself but you are doing it for them. Because for God so loved the world. He gave. He gave his time. He gave his attention. 
Do we have time for the things of God? If you love God and you have the love of God, you will have time for God. Because lovers have time for each other. If you really love God, if you love someone, you create time for the person. You, you will manufacture the time to be with the person. Because love will move you. Lady Franklin is commenting. She's probably, she's very, she, she loves love. She, she, she just loves love. <laughs> Lady Franklin. Lady Franklin. Kaya take the time will come, lady, 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 lady who gets married. Hey, the day lady who gets married, the world will hear about it. We'll bring the Italian prime minister, at least for the last time, to come and watch her and go. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. But love, love has time. Do you have time? If we don't have time, we don't see the power of God. You know, sometimes when you are ministering in a service, when we start the service, we don't see the manifestations. Anointing builds with time. When the pastor has love and it's also not running off. After a while, one hour, two hours, you start seeing movements of the spirit. That's why we see the power of God towards the end of services. And you wonder, why didn't this start before? Because it takes some time to love the Lord, to stay in his presence. And then suddenly there will be an explosion. Faith will begin to operate in the name of Jesus. Tonight, may your faith grow. May the teaching you have received tonight help you to create the sunlight of the love of God in the name of Jesus. Loving God and walking in the ways of God in Jesus' name. Therefore, we can see that faith grows by obedience, which flows out of love for Jesus and in response to the hearing of the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.